You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We did not join a locker room last night. I don't think anybody wanted to go in a group therapy session, but here we are today, just maybe a day, not even a day, 12 hours later, dissecting exactly what happened in the first play in tournament, really of this format in NBA history, the Charlotte Hornets were a part of, and they were not a part of this play in tournament very long. We're part of the locked on podcast network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you send, and you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at locked on Hornets at Walker mail and at not of the scribe. All right. So not and I talk very, very briefly before we hit record, before we start getting things going. And we're basically as soon as he answers the phone, everything else is being recorded after. Basically, we are coming at this fresh. No planning. There's so much to dissect. It could get overwhelming. And I wanted to come at this that way because there's so many things to hit on first I wanted it to naturally flow and spill out of our brains as to what we did find the most important from last night, whether it be post game Mm -hmm. comments, whether it be Twitter's reaction to James Borrego, whether it be just the awful performance in general, whether it be you wanted to move to next season, the decisions that are going to be made. There's so many things that we can digest. Nada, what is the thing that you thought of kind of immediately after last night or even just 12 hours later? What's the thing that you found yourself thinking about the most? It's like it's the thing that we talked about, like literally that we talked about like right before we hit record because you were like, stop. Because when you said this, I, I, we, you said, stop, stop talking and we'll t- we'll just talk about this on the air. And you're right. But the best way I can describe this is and anyone that's seen the show, John Taffer, know, Bar Rescue with John Taffer knows exactly where I'm going. This is a st- Time to shut this thing this is, down. This is <laughs> this is absolutely a stress test. This was a stress test situation. For those that don't know, John Taffer comes in and again to see where everybody is and where their adequate level of skill to be a successful restaurant is. He puts them through a stress test. He packs the bar. He packs the restaurant. He packs whatever full of people. And if the staff can't handle it. You see immediately. And generally, 99.9% of the time, mm-hmm. they all fail. They fail miserably. You got you, And that's how you find out who's in the right role, who doesn't, who needs to work on something, who's not going to be a part of the future going forward. All of that is found out in a stress test. And the Hornets failed their stress test miserably. Miserably. And... I want to say, like, and then the second thought I had was, now I see why Mitch Mitch Kupchak only bothered to get Brad Wanamaker. We should have seen that Brad Wanamaker move as a sign of, I am not spending real assets on a team that is clearly not ready to compete for anything real going forward. I think for me, what I first take away, it's probably what everybody felt in the first quarter 
and were hoping to get out of this feeling, but never did. And eventually we just had to sleep with it last night. It was embarrassing. Last night sucked. It did. And I, it seemed like Twitter, Hornets, Twitter, pundits, media that have any association with the Charlotte Hornets were trying to figure out how we should feel. We were all legislating what we should feel about this season, breaking it down towards the end, breaking it down towards this game, breaking it down overall, this offseason expectations. We were putting that all in a blender and we were deciding whether the shake was a negative one or a positive one. And for me, we can have the good feelings. This is a lot like the conversation we had after they lost to the Washington Wizards. We can have the positive. This has been a successful season. And I truly believe that. I've already said this. LaMelo Ball, beginning and the end of that conversation. But you could add more to it with Miles Bridges. It was a positive season overall because you have set a foundation for the future. And that matters more than anything. But last night sucked. To have a play-in tournament, to have that game where you could possibly win, move on, get to the playoffs outright, provide a four-game experience for this young team, and to fail at doing that miserably before you even got out of the first quarter. In the first five minutes of the game, it's Dougie McBuckets destroying. Well, that's been a, hold on, hold on. I to mean, be fair, that's been a consistent theme all year against this against the Pacers. Well, I don't know what's fair. That's a problem. That a problem. <laughs> I'm not say, uh, then I'm stop not, it. I'm not saying that it's... Here's the thing. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or it's a good thing. I'm just saying that's been a consistent theme. Doug McBuckets, the one game they won. Then stop it. I, I just, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying it's neither neutral, no, but, but still, that, that, that's been a thing all year. That's all I was saying. Yeah. It, it, it okay. That's a problem. But it just everything last night. It the the offense was so hard to watch. They got in panic mode early. They were throwing up threes. Terry had some good looks early, and then he was trying to do a lot. Devontae's trying to lean into foul shooters, which is something he does every once in a while. And then when it doesn't go his way, it it's an ugly heave towards the basket. Malik actually hit a couple of his three pointers. He took better shots, but he was still trying to make things happen. PJ went cold after he hit a few shots at the beginning and defensively everyone was torching him last night deservedly so biting for fake from Sabonis it was awful everybody was awful except for Cody who provided energy Malik was at least hitting shots and Miles Bridges found his energy as the game was going on which there's something to be said for that and then he can go into his comments after the game keeping it real like he's one to do every once in a while in media sessions but I mean not a it, it <laughs> how I grieve is making jokes I am that guy I I am the one that needs to make the jokes and and laugh and deal with it in a comedic way. But last night I was hurting. I was the one that on the surface seems like he's just here for the fun time. But no, deep within my soul, Nada, I was hurting watching the Charlotte Hornets get completely bleeped on by the Indiana Pacers like they were nothing, like they were a speed bump on the Pacers way out Look, of that game. I, 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 I am not here to tell anybody how they feel. I... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm weird like that, and I don't have the emotion, emotional capacity to feel sad for a team that just like this was. This wasn't expected. It's not the way you want to go out. You don't want to go out basically getting like jazzed out of the NBA playoffs. And y'all, y'all know exactly what I mean. Uncle Phil. They basically got Uncle Phil. They were the last. Three weeks of the the season, they got Uncle Phil. Like Uncle Phil just threw them right on out of the Mm. of the playoff mansion, right on their face. So I mean, like 
I, I'm sad. I am disappointed. But at the same time, this is like we're coming up on the most important offseason in at least five years, if not ever. Because there are mm-hmm. a lot of decisions this team needs to make. And as we saw last night, there were a lot of guys that just didn't have it and aren't ready for prime time. And fortunately, they're on rookie contracts and you can move some of them. And others you have to make financial decisions on. But again, this is the most important offseason that most Charlotte Hornets fans can say they've seen in their lifetime. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with it. All right, we have plenty more to get to here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. The decision, some of those that you were talking about, Nada, we'll get to in just a moment. Your evaluation of James Borrego, people that are calling for his head, and it's a lot of them, by the way. We'll get to all of that here in the next couple of segments. First, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans, and the app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league and you'll find fans just like you on locker room for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to big news or rumors you can go download the free locker room uh, locker room app now currently available on all ios devices and you can be sure to create a profile link your twitter and join the nfl mlb nhl really any group for the latest league updates i know you'll find a ton of incredible runes around your favorite teams and your favorite leagues download the locker room app today locker room change the way we talk sports plenty more to come on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets February is Black History Month, and the Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Lockdown Presence. More than God Almighty, <laughs> keep this. Pres- you're, you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a, a, a bit. I promise you, it's gonna no. no it's gonna be a bump. It's gonna be a bump. Let it. Let it. Just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Sour taste in our mouth from last night, but we can fix that by eating some Built Bar. I've told you a million times how great that protein bar is. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and it's because they have nine delicious flavors that you need to try. Plus, they've got the occasional limited time flavor that they are releasing monthly every once in a while, maybe every other couple of months. Either way, it's worth the wait. Double chocolate, salted caramel, anything that is in uh, 100% draped in chocolate is for me, and it's decent for you, too. How about the protein, the fiber? It's low in sugar. It's low in calories. It's great for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I think James Brego was probably the biggest conversation that was being had last night over anything else, over P.J. Washington, who was bad defensively, over just the sheer embarrassment that a lot of people felt watching that Charlotte Hornets game last night, maybe even figuring out whether we should think about this overall or towards the end, what happened with this season. It was a lot of what had to do with James Borrego. Now, here's my thing about the whole JB Mm -hmm. thing, okay? I don't think that he should be fired. I don't think that JB, from what he did this season, deserves to be fired whatsoever. He deserves to coach next season. I think he did a good job of communicating with everyone's roles, and it's been well-documented. My problems with him seemingly going away from playing the best players, tinkering with the rotations too much. At Last night, some of that has to go on JB, and that's my problem, I think. We had 
one camp also like there's been, you know, and Twitter's often yes. a dichotomy. It's either you know, that's just what it is. But I think the take on JB is that the dude did get out coached. Yes. I mean, Nate Bjorkren got his team up already with a fire within that organization that seemed like it was the dog within that fire saying everything is fine. Well, man, they got out of it <laughs> after that BR report. Uh, after that BR article, it seemed like they got out of it. Okay. And now they come in and destroy the Charlotte Hornets. JB didn't get the guys up. In injuries can't be an excuse against that team. It, it just can't be. It can be an excuse for a lot of teams. I think we often hide behind, oh, every team deals with injuries. Well, some more than most, and that's important context that we often use as this rings culture type of way. But you can't use injuries as an excuse against the Indiana Pacers. And so when we discuss even guys that are getting extremely tired, right? I mean, it... <laughs> If you have guys that have stayed healthy all season and they're tired and or they're injured, that, I mean, I just don't think you can have it both ways that both of those things can impact the Charlotte Hornets so much so that they lose and get routed before they even get out of the first quarter. And I think it's Borrego's rotations and some of the weird things he was doing again. I also think that a lot of it was just the players not showing up, right? But I also referenced that Seth Partno tweet constantly where he was told, and most people agree with it, like 40% is getting your guys ready to play like 20% is substitution patterns and and really 10% is the X's and O's. And so it, what did James Brago do last night where he didn't fail at any of that? Yeah. I, I mean, it, what, what we can do is say that Borrego should not be fired and that he did a lot of good. I, you know, the out of bounds timeout plays, they were awesome. They were a little Terry Rozier even said a little predictable, but oftentimes they were feeding Terry because he was so reliable from deep this season and it was working. I mean, even just this last game against Washington, they had a really nice out of bounds or they had a really nice after timeout play where LaMelo finds miles for the dunk. You know, they've done some good things in that regard. But but where where is James Borrego void of any criticism last night? I think that's my problem with the defense for JB so wholehearted. Like, I guess, like, at least for me, if you were going to tell me that this team really just didn't compete, like, if you're telling me that JB didn't have those guys ready to compete, I can't argue with you because that game was never in doubt. Do I think that it was a combination of, like, JB didn't have his best night on top of, like... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, JB you. didn't have his best night on top of clear fatigue. Clear fatigue. And then the fatigue... And where you can see the fatigue the most, because people were arguing me, like, no, they're not tired. They just can't hit shots because their shots are long rather than short. And I'm like, all the, all the things that you can see... We're on the defensive end. These clear mistakes. And if you want to, and the thing is, if you want to put something on JB, I'm here to put it again, put it on the defensive end. Like at some point, like the zone was going to fail. And there, there's been 72 game plus games of every single zone combination that you could try to do to hide your bad defenders. And last night, the Piper came, like literally, they had to pay the Piper. So. I want I, I, again. Nate Bjorkman coached him. The players didn't show up to play. Like it was a bad day to have a really, really, really bad day. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I'm not here for the fire, JB. 
JB's got one more year on his deal. He and if they gave him that like that one year extension to make make sure that he's not really a lame duck coach, I would understand. But like if he doesn't show up next like I'm here for the if he doesn't show up next year or they have a slow start or something happens, yo, I can understand firing him like next year. But this year, he's done more than enough to earn to come back. At least get the – or at least, you know what? Not earn the right to come back, but he's earned the benefit of the doubt going into next season. What he does with that after that is where – Well, and that – and I think that's that's absolutely fine. JB, I would not fire him after what happened this season. Overall, right, when we try to drag this conversation back to the bigger picture thing, when we try to take an overhead view of all of this, the Hornets, they got to the 10 seed. They fell back to it, to be honest, after they had done a lot beforehand to play better than what people expected, but they did play better than what people expected. We can look at player development where, okay, you can maybe put some of that on Mitch Kupchak for doing a good job at and drafting the, talent, and the coaching staff. but clearly these guys, you said say it one more time staff and the rest of the coaching staff, but right, right, right. So, you know, we can put credit to both of those parties with Mitch recognizing there being talent and the coaching staff helping develop that talent into being legitimate NBA players. And especially when we know that the talent overall to go to a, a deep run in the playoffs isn't quite there yet. And that's what this offseason is going to be for. But there's plenty of good for James Brega and what he's done the last three seasons. And for sure, I, I want to keep him. Not only do I not want to fire him, I want to keep him. But also, you know, he's not void of criticism in the last five games of the regular season and what happened last night against Indiana. Those guys weren't ready. And that's a problem on the players. They're professionals. They're getting paid. It's a problem for your pride. Miles Bridges even talked about that a little. It's also the coaches not being able to get you ready to play up and just even together. And that's a, that was a problem last night. So it was an embarrassing performance all around. Let's talk a few, uh, a little bit more about those decisions coming up this offseason in the third segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. First, we'll talk about bet online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting news uh, sporting needs including major league baseball nba nhl and all your ufc mma action head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts all right now let's talk about some of the decisions coming up in the next segment seven uh wow. <laughs> i almost said seven thirty. the game I did it. Yep. I almost did 730 the game. And uh, here I am explaining myself. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. LaMelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I-, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I can't believe I did that today on the Locked On Today podcast. <laughs> Jason Tatum put the Boston Celtics on his back and advanced them out of the play-in round. 
Get more of the sport uh, news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. You can follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Nada, do you think that there is any good? You know, Miles Bridges talked about this game uh, afterwards and press availability, keeping it real, saying we got our ass whooped. They were more physical. We didn't come ready to play. They played like they wanted to be in the playoffs, and we didn't. I think a lot of people want to hear them uh, self-deprecate. I think so. You know, that's that's what we want as a society almost. Right. It's like, yeah, you 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 bathe in all that sorrow and whatever. I feel bad for them. I mean, I, yeah. I know they didn't want this, but also it doesn't make it OK. And and they know that. Yeah. And here's the thing. And that's what you see with Miles talking about that. Miles also said he's definitely going to use this game as motivation in the offseason when they're working out. And and I, I think. I think there is good from that. Okay. I mean, I I'm bringing out my magnifying glass, maybe even my microscope. Cause it's so small looking for the good into what happened last night. I do think a loss that embarrassing allowing close to one fitty in a play in tournament game in regulation in regulation. I think an embarrassing loss like that has to motivate any of these players with an ounce of competitiveness to make sure that doesn't happen again. I wish very much so, even if they would have gotten swept by Philly, Nada, I, I wish that they would have gotten to the playoffs because there's something different about a four game series than there is than just the one play in game. Albeit, I do think they are going to use this as motivation because it was so ugly. I, as do I. I think, honestly, this was the best way that they can this is the best way that they could go out like quite honest like let's take that quote out of context and put it out there on twitter as to what this title is uh yeah, no, the exactly no the, the best, this is the best way they could have gone <laughs> out because i really do think that this is going to tell people yo look every single game matters and if this doesn't get you to appreciate every single game if this does not get you to appreciate being on your P's and Q's, if this does not get you to the point where you want to get better and getting embarrassed like that, then, yo, I'm not sure I want you on the team. Like, that's the thing. This is going to be one of those, this is going to be one of those nice little career roads, like Pat Crossroads, where if people are really about their business, people are really about the grind, then they're going to take this and they're going to be able to work out. And they're going to be able to do different things. And that's going to motivate everybody to come in in August, September and be ready for this. But if that's not going to be the case, then, yo, look, maybe that's one of those guys that, hey, maybe you move on from them. Maybe you find something else. Maybe you find a role. Because when I said the stress test, the one big thing about the stress test is everyone that Taffer worked with that got through that stress test, that failed that stress test, ended up being mo mainly a successful restaurant or a successful business because they <laughs> got out of outside of their, their uh, tendencies, their bad habits. So if this helps get you outside of your bad habits, I have no problem with them going out this way because honestly, the four-game series would have probably, there would have been a couple of 150s. I feel, I feel really confident in saying that. Like there would have been a couple. So we can talk a lot about the off season during the off season later on. Who's going to be on this team? What they should be doing? 
the decision between Devontae and Terry, and even coming up here, we're recording this you know, somewhat early. There are going to be plenty of exit interviews today for us to discuss tomorrow. So we're going to try to get you this content today, and then we're going to give you all of our analysis on what James Brago had to say in his exit interview. It's actually coming up here pretty soon before we release it. But uh, one move I did want to ask you, it, it, it's just because of how he played last night. Cody Zeller, 28 minutes, 7 of 7 from the field, scores 17 points, is playing his ass off against DeMontis Sabonis, who was very good, not necessarily making a ton of shots until the game went on and, and facilitating more so. But, you know, Cody was trying, right? Like yeah. Cody was the guy that was it was easy to see that he brought his effort. And yeah, just because he hit the floor a couple of times. Is that why I'm saying it? No, you could see his effort either way. Nada. Is it is it going to be funny to see him give you that type of game? And yet, no, it, it might be his last. Did he play his last game in a Hornets uniform last night? Here's the thing. I don't, if your minutes were being jerked the way his was. If you were tired of losing, if you were tired of doing the same thing, I, like I think it is, and I think it, and I think it's got nothing to do with the Hornets. I think it's just time for Cody to move on. And I, this is not saying I want Cody Zeller gone. No, I want as many touchstones to the Cliff era rebirth of the Hornets as as much as possible. But if you're Cody Zeller, you kind of want to win, right? Like after a while, like losing consistently and that's got to get on you. That's got to wear on you. And more importantly, you're dealing with Borrego, who's known to yank your minutes. So Mm -hmm. like, I think it was a great way to go out. Even like, even if it wasn't a 30 point blowout, like I think it was the perfect way for him to go out. I, again, I'll be happy if he leaves. I'll be happy if he stays. I, think he's earned the right to make this decision and i hope whatever decision he makes he's happy with it because he's been one of the most impactful hornets ever Uh, well and it's funny we did the top 30 hornets list when i think it was maybe three years ago it was a long time um and i didn't have cody in there yet i he had had injury problems at that point he wasn't on the floor a ton um, he would be there for sure now if we did that. And and so when you just say and most impactful, yeah, I mean, he would certainly be in that list for what he's done the last couple of years. And most people are looking at this season and rolling their eyes saying, Walker, are you serious? But like, yeah, we forget about it at the beginning of the season when Cody entered after he got injured, like the first game of the year then he came back. That's when the Hornets started to turn things around. Yeah, it's because Cody helped him out. And I, I, Cody, I don't think was as bad as what made people made him out to be. I think a lot of that was Biz, and Cody had his bad bad moments. But I think a lot of that was Biz Mac Biombo. I think the whole center position is going to be revamped. Nada. I think he's gone. And, and I know I'm not even disagreeing with you that it should be Cody's decision. I just am not sure how much it will be. It it, it, it might be one of those things where it, it's it's Kimba like on a very very smaller scale where it's like, hey, we'll take you back, but this is all we're going to give you per year. Do you like Charlotte and this atmosphere enough to stay? And then another team is giving them, you know, I don't know, five million dollars more a year, four million, whatever. And he just decides that the money is too good to go to a different franchise. And so I think that might be the, ha- the, the thing that happens. Hey, you know, Cody, you can make your decision. We'll have you back as this backup center and biz is going to be gone. But you thought your minutes were huh, limited this year. Wait until we draft a big possibly and bring one in via free agency. 
and then think about what your minutes are going to look like. And I'm with you. I, I I think Cody probably is gone and it might be on his own accord to some degree. Yeah, no, it's it, like at this point, I think it's time to turn the page. I do think it's time to turn the page on the center. I think it's time to turn the page on the roster, if we're honest. And the best part is we don't have to talk about that today because we got all summer to do it, Walker. Yeah, we do. We certainly have all summer to talk about the turnover on the roster, the decision between Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. That one to me, I, I get, we don't we don't need to break it all down. I'm just saying as far as the conversations go this offseason, that one is going to be by far the most fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. What, what do yeah, what do they decide to do? with Tay and Malik, with LaMelo and Terry already on the roster. And I'll say this too, uh, to, to put a nice exclamation point on the praise for Miles as one of the only dudes that showed up last night. Miles probably already started to transition as a leader of this team. Next year, he's going to be full-blown alpha. Uh, that That's going to be fun to see. And he's already exhibited that type of behavior. But even Miles taking the step up that he did as a vocal leader, I, I think that's going to be as evident as it's been in his career so far next season, especially with the way that he took some of those questions last yeah, night. Yeah, no, exactly. Like he's like he's the guy. I'm not saying you're, he's a guy you build around, but he's a franchise. He's not necessarily one of the pillars, not like the four pillars that we always talk about and that you hate. But um, <laughs> he's one I'm of glad those we guys. Got over that. He, he's he's a loading. He's a load bearing wall. And when you're building a building, you're trying to build a franchise. He's not a pillar, but he's absolutely one of those load-bearing walls that you need to help keep everything sturdy. So, and, and that's the other thing. Like, we're going to have a whole discussion this summer, probably, or at least a few discussions about whether this team should offer him an extension because he's extension eligible. And granted, they have until October to make that decision, but for right now, man, I don't know. Like, you really may have to give that man an extension, especially if you want to talk about building the new Hornets, the new bugs. Yeah. All right. We've got plenty to talk about this off season. Unfortunate that it had to end on that note, but we'll be here uh, most days during the off season. I'm not exactly sure what the schedule is going to be. We're not going two or three days a week anytime too terribly soon. There's enough to recap, but uh, we'll keep you updated on the schedule, how it goes going forward. But there still is going to be plenty of content. It's not a said going to be one of the more important off seasons in the last five years for the Charlotte Hornets. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show and Locker Room. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan. Really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.